elders, our superiors, those that teach us the word, those that labor over us in word and doctrine. Do your best of the service to call him. Hallelujah. Amen. I bring you God's word today. I'll title what I'm going to teach this morning. I'll title it, Is the Bible Valid Today? Amen. Is the Bible valid today? I don't know if you ever, can you, let's start by this way. Can you show me your Bible? If you have a Bible. I'm looking around. If you have a Bible, show me your Bible. I know that sometimes you come to church with dictionaries, with the KB Super, with some Playboy book, with your exercise books. You don't have a Bible. Stick close to somebody to share. Don't, don't stay in your own zone of indifference. Share with somebody. Is the Bible valid today? Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Are we going to close the windows a little? Thank you very much. Isaiah chapter 53. I'll, I'll repeat my topic again. Is the Bible valid today? I, I don't know if you ever asked yourself that question before. And I'm sure that question would have run through your mind directly or indirectly. It will form the basis for whether you read your Bibles or not. Or what you do with your Bibles. After Isaiah chapter 53 is especially profound because many years ago, at least, at least in the Yoruba palace, Okereju, at least 400 years before Jesus walked the streets of Galilee, a man by the name Isaiah gave a profound prophecy. And many historians, many popular figures of note have asked, they said, the Bible is a content is a construction of some that is it that this man couldn't have foretold these things exactly as they came to pass or maybe these things were written after he came and died and paid by his blood the historicity the inerrancy the absoluity of scriptures has always been put to the test. Is the Bible valid? In our today's world, in its ups and downs, in the hula balus, the terrains of life, the uneven landscape that we live in, is the Bible valid for life and livelihood? Turn in your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 53. I said, many years before the Savior walked the earth, a man comes forth and he gives certain details.
I feel like reading the whole chapter, but I, 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 I won't read it. I'll just pick up a few verses and then we'll make some progress. In verse 1, it says, Who had believed that report unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground, he had no form, nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it as is where our faces from him. He was despised and he was esteemed him not. I'll go to verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. It says all we are sheep have gone astray. But God had laid upon him the iniquity of us all let's just let's go to verse 9 is the bible valid today in verse 9 we see specific prophecies specific description as to the kind of death Jesus would die. Specifics given many years ago. It says he had made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had not done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. I'm going to take you back to the latter chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I, I'll paint you the story. Very descriptive. The wicked was appointed a death on the cross, and he suffered the same fate. In his burial, he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was given a rich man's burial because the man Joseph was. A, a, a disciple and many years ago a prophecy had gone forth clear precise definitive verse 11 he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. You discover that by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the man Isaiah wrote specific things that were obviously beyond him. You look at the book of Micah chapter 5 verse 2, it describes that he will be born in a, a place called Bethlehem. is rife, is replete with instances, with prophecies detailing his death, his resurrection and the concomitant blessing called eternal life we have now received because we believe in him. The truth is that the Bible is not a book we can we can afford to fiddle about with. It's either the things here are true or they are a lie. 
We can't stay in the zone of indifference. I know there are many holy scriptures. There are, there are, there are, there are, there are many. I don't know if you have. You might have read, I've read, I've been exposed to the Quran. I, I read quite a bit of it. There's a great message. They are mock, they confucianists. But you see, the Bible seeks because it appears that certain things were spoken aforetime that came to pass. Is the Bible valid for today? It's amazing because the Bible we have it is a book or a collection of books, 66 of them, written over a span of many years. It's amazing because the Bible has only one subject, Christ Jesus. It's amazing. What makes the Bible amazing is the Bible is a compilation of something that was accomplished. If we cast aspersions on the Bible today, we are casting aspersion on God. We are casting aspersion on the word of his grace. When the days when people just bandy about the Bible, but we seem not to understand its relevance. The Isaiah 53 is profound. Is it that 400 years ago, a man knew the exact circumstances of his death, or is it that somebody just someone just introduced it after he had died oh he it was he he was buried in in joseph of arimathea's tomb so let's just say he had his burial with the rich but you look again and again and again and again you discover the old testament contains prophecies in john chapter 5 verse 39 it says you search the scriptures because in them you think you have life he says, they are they that testify of me. Let's turn, let's turn into Luke. The book of Luke. You have the Bible. You, you have to stick close to somebody. Luke chapter 24, I believe. Verse 27. Now you see, the Bible is divided into te- two testaments. I, I, each time I say this, I'm always so glad. I remember the first time I learned this many years ago and it opened my, my mind like never before. I thought that the Old Testament was just like part one of, and part two of, um, of, 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 of Sugar Daddy. I thought it was the part one of, and part two of, of, um, of, um, um, Yaton Relomeka. I thought it was part one or part two of um, uh, Agbani Derigo. I did not understand that the Bible is divided into two testaments because 
in the Bible, there are two dispensations. There are two agreements. There are two covenants. There's a dividing line. There's a covenant between God and the children of Israel. And there's a covenant between God and the whole world. The Old Testament is a chronicle, is a covenant, is an agreement between God and the whole world that was established on the blood of cows and bulls. And in doing that, he made it invalid. Because the book of Hebrews chapter 8 tells us that for a testament to come into force, the testator must die. Can I ask you a question? The Old Testament, who was the testator? Bulls or calves? It was a no-no. But at the Old Testament we see that men had seen that something better was coming on ahead. Sometimes you, 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 you just cooked beans in the morning and you divide it into two. Part one, part two. No difference. Well, that's not so the same for scriptures. The Bible is divided into Old and New Testament because there's a different agreement. John chapter 1 verse 16 so clear so 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 clear it says the law came by Moses but it's in contradistinction to the law it's not a continuation of the law it's not it, yes it's it, it's a story of how God dealt with the children of Israel but it's a different relationship we have now but grace and truth came by Christ Jesus You would have a faulty appreciation of scriptures until you have a cardinal understanding of this simple thing. Two testaments. Two relationships. In Luke chapter 24 verse 27... Jesus says something that was unbelievable. I, I, I've never seen, I know that our, pray, our parents prayed out, we are greater than them. I, I've never met a father who said, um, I, my, my son will never be greater than me. Our prayers are always that our, our children are better than us. Our, if you ever meet a father who says that he wants the, the, the son to be less than he is, then is a bad father. But I, I, I'm yet to see a, father, a son who says, Daddy, I am greater than you are. He's going to be a bad son. He's going to be an ill-taught, ill man. No matter how great his son is, he must, he must respect his father. But see Jesus in Luke 24, verse 27. He says, And beginning, and Moses and all the prophets, he began to expound to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. You know, he told the, 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 the Jews, he says, before Abraham was, I am. And, and they couldn't understand it. 
Hey, no, no, it's not, it's, this is not, this is not Babatunde. I know some of you, you look like your grandfather, you say, you are Babatunde, and so you're like, hey, ha, I'm, I'm, I'm reincarnated. Well, I don't know about reincarnation. I know that it's appointed for a man to die once after that judgment. You are not Babatunde, you are a, a Mimode. You came. You may look like your grandfather, great grandfather, but there's no incarnation. You can't come back. Once you are, you are gone forever. That's all. Reserved to, to, to judgment. This man says, I am. Everything about scriptures is about me. Side of my of my of where I'm getting at is the Bible valid today? Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen says all Scripture is God inspired, God breathed, given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There's something about scriptures that makes it thick. Valid today. If we remove Jesus' death and resurrection and the blessing of eternal life, then the scriptures have no value for us. I trust scriptures today. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 6, the word of God is living and active. I know that when you were in primary school, if you remember very well, there, there, there was this acronym to describe living things. Niger D. Uh, Mr. Niger, okay, she's She's a good science student. I forgot. I remember Niger D. I forgot in the minister. You discover that what makes the Bible tick is that it, it contains a message. It's called the word. The Bible is not living and active. I, I, I have a picture on my phone, you, you know, of, of a Quran that was burnt, preserved. Do bond. It refused to burn. Well, except that that Quran is fireproof. It must burn if it's made of, of paper. I don't know how they do it. I've seen Bibles born every now and again. I have no doubt in my mind that the Bible will burn. But what makes it valid is the fact that it contains the word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. God's word is living. An active sharper than any two edged sword. God's word is living and active. First Peter chapter two, I believe. Let's just really get there. God's 
this world is living and active. Did I say chapter 2? I meant to say chapter chapter 1 verse 25. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible de- 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 develop, describes something that is a little different, that describes something that is more emphatic than the, than the Bible. It describes God's word. It says it's living and active, it's piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. The joint and the marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What makes the Bible thick? The Bible is thick because, as we see in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 25, it says, But the word of God endures forever. The Bible will not endure forever, but the Bible contains a message which will endure forever. You look into John chapter 1 verse 1. What makes the Bible thick? You, you want to make, you want to title this, 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 this what, I'm going, what I'm about to teach you. What, why, why is the Bible valid today? What makes the Bible thick? What makes it thick? What makes it thick? T-H-I-C-K. What makes it thick? T-I-C-K. Very well, good for you. Now you see, it, it's because there's a message. He's called the word. In John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. As it goes further, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What makes the Bible thick is that there is a message in scriptures that endures. This message, his name is Jesus. He's called the word of God because he, he's the message, he's the counsel of God come to pass. It's not called the word of God because each time God wants to speak, he, he, his mouth is shaped in the in this in, in, in the circumference or in described like Jesus. He said, "Was it Jesus?" No, no, no. He's called the Word of God because in Him, God's plan, God's mind, is brought to fruition for mankind. The old Testament was invalid because as far as God was concerned, he was not appropriately described. They couldn't know God via the channel of the Old Testament. They could not see God. They could not appreciate God. Each time we go to God via, each time we want to appreciate God via the Old Testament, we cannot appreciate God because God is not seen in the Old Testament. He is like a blood. He, he, he cannot be appreciated. Jesus came, he said, no man has seen God before. 
Ah uh-uh. ah. I thought Moses said he has seen God. He, he said, just show me your hindquarters. Show me your bum bum. You know, just because you know what hindquarters is. He said, show me your bum bum. Let me just see you so I can, I can, I can appraise of you. And then the man says, I saw. And Jesus came and says, no man has seen God before. The book of, the book of Hebrews is the only book in the Bible that starts with the term God. It says God who in diverse times sundry manners spoke unto the the I mean the, the, the people by the prophet says hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. See there's a difference. Verse 3 goes on to say who is the brightness of his glory. He says he calls him the express image of his person. You want to describe God in his totality. You will find him in Jesus. Sometimes I, 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 want, to, I, I want to take a picture of a girl as, you know, sometimes there are marriages now. The man is in the U.S. You are in, you are in Nigeria. And then you want to get married. The man is in the army, maybe in the U.S. army. And then you, there's a picture and there's a damsel. They are standing, they are standing together. And they, mar- they get married in holy matrimony. Now let's assume that a girl is in the U.S. army. And then his damsel is in, is in Nigeria. Of course, they want to get married. And we can't get this picture. So we look for Egon's twin brother. Who looks exactly like Egon. Exactly. Now, we're just assuming he has a twin, but he doesn't have. He will never have till Jesus comes. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, he's the express image of his person. You ever want looking for a description that fits God exactly, you will find it in Christ Jesus. There's a message that is valid for all time. There's a message that is valid for all season. He said to them, you search the scriptures. You've been looking frantically. You've been looking. You, you've been looking. You've been moving around life. You've been looking for fulfillment, satisfaction. You're looking for joy, for justice. You, you've been looking for that tonic of life. You're, you're looking for something that makes life thick. You have not found it because you have not looked at me. He met the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. He, he said to her, I will give you water. You will not test again. <laughs> no, this is, this, you know, this, this, he must be joking. He must be. You know, each time we drink water, sometimes you drink water and you fill a bottle with water because you know that when you get to school, you will still need more water. Sometimes you're on your way to class, you have at least five dollars in your pocket so you can buy uh, Zobo or kunu or package water. Don't call it pure water again. Because you know that 
for every step in life, you will need something to assuage your test. You will need something to keep you alive, something to pander to your desires. This man says, I, I, I will give you water, you will test no more. What makes the Bible valid today? He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Why should I take my Bible serious? I know of a church in, 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 in Lagos. I'm not sure whether they still do it. I had a friend many years ago. He said, first time I go to that church, I go with a Bible and a dictionary. I said, what's that? Go with a Bible alone. A Bible alone. A Bible alone. A Bible will save you right. Sometimes you, you, you come to church with a Bible and a dictionary. After a while, you have tossed the Bible behind. The dictionary is what you, you pay attention to. Sometimes, you, sometimes it's... I, I, I love... I love um, and I, I really appreciate... Um, digital Bibles, um, Bibles on iPhones, iPads, all the eye devices. But sometimes it, it can be very um, 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 distracting. Sometimes you are trying to read your Bible and then you, you, just, you go into Instagram. You go into Snapchat. Is the Bible valid for life and livelihood today? Do we just turn over to something? Do we, do we just discard the Bible? It's important for us to realize that what makes the Bible tick today is that something, the Bible is an aggregation of something that happened in due season. It's like a receipt of purchase. Sometimes I, I'm, 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 I'm going to a, a, perhaps the mall and I buy something and they give me a receipt and I say, and I throw the receipt away. I don't need your receipt. But when I buy something valuable, I buy a car. I say, give me a receipt. Give me that receipt now. Give me that receipt now because by the time these policemen meet me on the road, they don't, they don't want to hear anything. When I buy Kuli Kuli 5 Naira and, and you give me a receipt, I, I, I throw away the receipt. Sometimes I, I, I'm at shop, right? I, I just bought something. I'm coming, and those, and those secret men are always disturbing me. Show me, I, I give it to them. They want to give it to me back. I say, that's, that's your property. That's your belonging. Take it down. Take, go away with it. But when I buy something very, very important, I keep a copy of it because it's evidence in the law courts. Tomorrow, the light may want to contest this car with me. I'll say, Sir, see my name. This is my name. His name is Delight Anno Anim. Anim Anno. My name is Kene Okonko. Different. The Bible is evidence that something happened many years ago. The Bible is not a prayer book. Sometimes you, you, you are looking for a prayer point. Something has just happened to you. And he, don't, don't, don't get, you see, sometimes things will happen. I, I, don't want to ever, I don't want you to ever think that sometimes you will, not, you will not have up and down days. It's just normal. Things will happen. You're, just getting, you're, you're on your way to school and then somebody splashes mud on your face. You begin to lick it and suck it and, and you drink it and you feel very sad. 
And then you're like, you're looking for a prayer. Hey, 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 God avenge me. So you open the book of Psalms and you want to pray. You want to curse the man who, who, has, who has poured the, the, the mud on you. No, 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 no. The Bible is not a prayer book. The Bible is evidence that something happened. I told you, I have certain receipts that I keep securely. I, I, I keep them very secure because the rainy day will soon come. The Bible is fundamental, it's integral because it's a receipt. It's not a blank check. Sometimes you're like, hey, God, your word says this. I claim this. No, 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 no. The Bible is a receipt. It's evidence that something happened. Sometimes, Busala says, I am married to Jesus. I say, where's the wedding certificate? Where's the wedding certificate? You say you don't have no, you're not married. You must have evidence of purchase. I'm a graduate of the University of Illinois. I said, where is your certificate? Where is it? Where is it? You say, I, I, I'm not sure. It's lost. It's missing. You have not, not graduated. I'm a citizen of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. You say, where is the evidence? Where's your local government? Pakata. I say, look, you have to. You, you, the, 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 the chairman of Pakata local government must sign. We must see that you are from Pakata. We will not give you this job. You are not going to get into the University of Learning. You must tell us where you are from Pakata. The Bible is evidence. It's a receipt. Second Peter, you need to turn into your Bible's name. Second Peter is before Genesis. I can't hear, I can't, nobody's talking. This place is as silent as a graveyard. Are you, it's, it's, sometimes you have a Bible without second Peter. You need to get a Bible that is complete. 66, this time you buy your Bible, you must check carefully. So when you are buying second-hand Bibles, don't buy, buy a, a new Bible, original. And you check carefully. Is there Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Is there Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? Judges. Ruth Samuel. Second Peter. Second Peter. It's just the first, first John. First John is the fourth, second John. Second John is the fourth, third John. Third John is the fourth Jude. And then the last book of the Bible, Revelations. So you could, you could, you could go from back to front now. What makes the Bible fake? different from every other book. You know, I'm amazed each time I think of the Quran. The Quran, most, many, most, a lot of the Quran is the Old Testament amalgamated. You see, you see, you hear of Moses, Musa, Ibrahim, 
Abraham. Thank you very much. This man, he must be, must be good in the, in the Middle Eastern faiths. Isa, Jesus, and the like. But look at Second Peter chapter 1. Many people chronicle the Bible. But as they wrote, they did not write of their own whims, their caprices. Some of them were fishermen, physicians, authors, shepherds, disciples, judges, kings, priests, rich men. What makes the Bible teach? I believe God that by the time we're done today, you will find time, you'll find relevance in Bible for reading and livelihood. Look at verse 19. Let's look at verse 16 first. You know, I started, I started from Isaiah chapter 53. I said, authorship have contested many of the prophecies we see in the Old Testament that have fruition in the New Testament. They said it must be the cunning hand of man. Man has decided to order scriptures in such a way that it looks as though prophecies that were prophesied, altered under the Old Testament, have come to pass in the New. But here the man, Peter. In First Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, verse sixteen, he says, "For we have not followed." cunningly devised fables. When Bible saw the last week, I said the word fables and the word fabu, they look alike. I, I know that it's not, it's not, I know it was not intentional. I know that the person who, the, the, the Englishman who devised the word fable and the Yoruba man who says fabu, they did not know each other, but they look alike. They mean the same thing. Fabulous. Fabu. He says, this is, what we are telling is not, it's not, it's not tales by Mullah. It's not, it's not some old story, one, one old woman. Allo, allo. And some story of tortoise and the rabbit that went to heaven. No, 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 no. This is more serious than what we, This is very, this is serious business. So. We are serious about this thing, so. It's serious. It's serious. It's a serious issue. It says, we have not followed cunningly divide fables when we made unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came. But we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such voice to him from, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in, the, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard. When we were with him in the holy mount. The body of the Old Testament is prophecy. Look at verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place. Unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Knowing this first. The first thing you must know when you come to Bible, sometimes you look into the Bible, you're like, who is this man Moses? Who is this man um, um, Isaiah? Ah, Ezekiel. I mean, it's, um, 
No, no, no. You must appreciate. You must acknowledge. You must understand. You must agree. That's the starting point. I must agree. I must know this first. No, first. First and foremost. is critical. The first thing I must know. When I come to scriptures. I must know that what makes... The, the Bible different from other books, so-called holy books, is that first and foremost, fundamentally, no scripture of the, of, of the no prophecy of the scripture, rather, is a private interpretation. They didn't just say what they wanted to say. They're not just, they're not just they're saying what they, what they wanted to say. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy, of, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What stands the Bible out? There's a train of thought from Genesis to Revelation inspired by God himself. There's something God had said he would do and it's not something he's struggling to do. It's not something he's finding it difficult to do because we're in Nigeria. Because things are difficult in nowadays. It's something he has done. The Old Testament gives us an idea of who God is. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should change his mind. It gives us an impression. It tells us that God is somebody that has a plan, he has a purpose. He, he doesn't prevaricate like we do. He's not prone to emotions. He doesn't love today, hate tomorrow. What makes the Bible thick is that something was done. In Isaiah 3, the prophet, verse 55, what I meant to say, verse 10, verse 11, he identifies something about God's word. It is like rain, like snow that will fall to the earth, watering the earth, causing it to bud and flourish. It says, so is God's word. It would, it, it would accomplish what it set forth to achieve. It would not return void. There's something they understood about God's word. And it's going to be very sad, very funny, very uncommon. We are saying, God, let your word come to pass. God, she, baba, she, et, she, Let's see your power in our lives. It's going to be odd because they had an appreciation of what God could do, but they did not see it come to pass. 
John chapter 1 verse 29, the man John the Baptist, that is the Lamb of God. He was slain. He is in the mind of God, slain from the foundation of the world. He had not come to pass, but it was God's plan. God has seen it. Over time, God orchestrated this man to write this. Thing. God planned it such that at a particular point in time, he will come to pass. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, Bible says, in the fullness of time, in the time set by God, planned by God, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that will receive the adoption of sons. The Bible is received. Something happened. In Acts 13 verse 32, he says, I bring you glad tidings. God made a promise long ago. I want you to turn into your Bibles. Acts chapter 13. What makes the Bible thick today? Our prayer points give us out. We are always praying. Lord Jesus, examination, I want to pass. God, as I'm going out today, no stone, I must not hit any stone. God, I must be rich this week. God, bless me. God, don't bless my neighbor. God, do this. God, do that. God, God, but very soon God will be tired. The Bible is receipt, is evidence. A compilation of evidence. It says, I bring you glad tidings. The promise God made to the fathers, he has fulfilled it. Each time you open the Bible, is a fulfillment. I, 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 I know that sometimes, I know, I, 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 I hear that um, 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 you know, they, they, when they went for, um, I'm not sure whether it's Dangote or Good Luck Jonathan's um, 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 daughter's wedding. I understand that each of the guests that were invited, they were given keys. Keys. Not keys to heaven. Keys. Keys. So, once they give you a key, that's all. You have a new car already. You, you don't say, uh, give me the car. You must. You, you are walking in. Um, they will collect the key from you. They give them keys. Once you just collect the key, you say thank you, Jesus, or say thank you, Dangote, for the key. The Bible chronicles something that was done. It says, "I bring you glad tidings. The promise God made to the fathers." God had to feel the same to us in their children in that he raised Jesus again. The Bible is a concise summary, a constellation of facts as something that happened. You discover the apostles never ever thought of 
uh, it never crossed their mind that there was something God would do again. They all then realized that God's promise has come to pass. God has done it. Their storyline has changed. You know, sometimes you come to a church like this and you see us singing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You say, Ah, what's Hosanna? Hosanna is sweet. Now let's say Hosanna to you. Uh, you, you know, and, and then you have to be careful because Hosanna means God save us now. Uh, how are you saying God to save us now? It's, it's different. God has saved us. Who has saved us? Who has called us with an holy calling? Not by the works of righteousness we have done. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. Sometimes you're, you're, you're in a pit, in a pit of depression, gloom, and anguish. You say, God, Shanumi, Shanumi. Ah, sorry, I have good news for you. God has had mercy on us. I says, Who were not the people, but now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy? Now you have mercy. What you must do is begin to share, share the mercy to. When the man says, ah, Call on Shanumi, you say, give him some mercy. I'm here to give you mercy. I give him assembly in addition. They seemed to understand that something had happened fundamentally. God had given them something. God had achieved something in their lives. We bring you glad tidings. You say, ah, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning, in the noon, in the evening. What do you want exactly? I want, I want the wealth of the Gentiles. Only near, you are, you are a thief. You are, you are going to end up stealing very soon. You will steal very soon because you, you, must, you have not learned the, the way of hard work. The Bible says, let him that stole steal no more, but let him walk that which is good in his hands so you will give to him who is in need. We, don't, we, 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 have, we, have, we, we look into the Bible for scriptures that, that suit our cravings. We look into the Bible. We look into the Bible. Hey, I love that damn cello. Hey, hey, her name is Rebecca. Okay, uh, 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 let me go to uh, um, Genesis chapter 5. Hey, and Isaac loved Rebecca. My name is Isaac, so I'm going for Rebecca. Uh, you said glory. Did you say glory there? Don't say glory. No Isaac in this church. We, we, we seem to have this funny perception. We look in those scriptures to suit what we want. Today we have prophecies. We have prophets. Uh, each time I, I say, man, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not discouraging. I'm not said, the Bible says, despise not prophecies. Each time a man prophesies to you, don't, don't be quick to say, uh, I despise you already. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Listen first, but prove that. Prove, prove it and hold fast to that which is good. It says, when let two or three prophets prophesy, let the other judge. Each time I see there's an avalanche of prophets now. 
there are many prophets and you are going around you are looking for a prophecy prophet prophesy to me say something yes speak into my life say something what else can he say beyond what that which god has spoken in his song say ah baba so, so uncle, you move from pillar to post helter skelter looking for a prophecy Show you this, this testimony uh, as I guess I had to close. Can, can, can someone start to play the keyboard? I, I was in Lagos a number of years ago. I, I just finished service, I had moved from National State. I realized that my time was on. I was in Lagos, I was about to start a job at the place called Egbeda. I was a place um, called Ago, somewhere around by the Selle Expressway. So I joined a friend who was in a church, Mountain of Fire and Miracles. You say, why did I mention the name of church? Well, just for you, so you can enjoy the story. And so after the service, the man had preached on faith, trust in God. The, 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 the pastor, interestingly, was a female. I, I was actually inspired and encouraged. I always love to see females preach. I always love to see females who are steadfast in the work of the Lord. So I... She invited me to her office. She began to ask me. She said to me, Who are you? I introduced myself. What are you? I introduced myself. How are you? I'm fine. Where are you going? I'm going there. Where are you coming from? I'm coming from here. So she looked at me mysteriously. She scrutinized me. She looked left, right. I stood. Attention. She looked again. I said, Ah, this woman is a fierce woman. She said to me, you are going to Egbeda. I said, I told you that before. Nah, no, that's not news. You are going to Egbeda. There are demons waiting for you there. I said, ah, ah, kilo de. Demons are everywhere. She said, you have to see me tomorrow morning. I have a book for you. Command your money. How to command you? I said, I said, thank you, ma. I ran for my life. When I resumed at the bed at the hospital, the second woman I would see came in having seizures. She was pregnant. She was very sick. Immediately that woman died and I was so sad. I lost her. That's probably the only woman I lost during my time there. It occurred to me that this woman mentioned their demons at the bed. So I said, no, 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 no. It's not that. That's not prophecy. I refused it. I said, no, 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 no. She, she's trying to capture me under the cloak of bondage, of subterfuge. Prophecy in old time did not come by human will. How do I discern prophecies? I said, the first thing is not to say all prophets are wrong. Because one day you will prophesy and you may not be received. I must say. Revelation chapter 19 verse 11 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know when each time a man comes when there's a football match, he says, ha! Ah, this afternoon, Croatia versus France. The Lord says, Croatia will win. I say, ah, that's the false prophet. When the man waits December 31st, God has been sleeping from, Genesis, from January 1. January 1 says, God said, in a kitty state, a kitty state, 
they can say that I can see color green, color green. Actually, BDP and ABC have color green. Why are you deceiving us? Tell us, be specific. There was a prophecy in the Old Testament. It came to pass. The Bible chronicles a fulfillment of prophecy. Something happened. Sorry, that, that's a mistake. I think it's verse 10. I must have quoted the wrong piece of scripture. Revelation chapter 19. It looks like I quoted a wrong piece of scriptures. Yeah, Revelation chapter 9, verse, I mean 19, verse 10. Thank you very much. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The Bible is evidence. And, 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 and we live in a world yeah, thank you very much. We live in a world where there's evidence against God. You walk into class, you walk into your home, you walk into school and then it's conflicting, it's contrary to God. So you must make up your mind to make your Bible your companion. In First John chapter 5, he says, we have received the testimony of man. Yeah, you, you, you said I agree with you. You said in my family, once we are 60, we are all going to die. My father has died, my grandfather has died, my great-grandfather has died. But you see, as far as I'm concerned, I'm born of God now. I have received the testimony of God. I've heard your own, but the testimony of God is greater. I go back to scriptures, I ask, you, 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 what did you say again? We are all teased in my family. My father was arrested when I was 22. I'm 21 now. My mother was arrested when, I was 20, when she was 21. I'm 21 now. I'm going to be arrested very soon. Each time there's, a, there's going to be a breakthrough in my family, something happens. We are always in the, in the group of never to do. The story of my family is heartbreak and divorce. Well, you say, well, I've received the testimony of men, but I go into God's word. Something happened. It's irrefutable. I receive it. Let's see first John, first John chapter 5. Who asked about the close? I accept it. I accept it. I accept it. I accept it. Contrary to evidence that I can see. I accept it. I accept it. Verse 9. 1 John chapter 5 verse 9. There's a witness the scripture brings. Reviews the message. It says, if we receive the witness of men. And you see, men will give you their opinion. It says, the witness of God is greater. I know, I know men have told you certain things and there are certain things that are peculiar to you. You probably think, I can't change it. I, I know that I'm constrained to this life of defeat, depression. But God's witness is greater because God is greater. 
you said this. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, and I, I have not. You know, sometimes, sometimes you are sick. You are an extremist, and then you go and see the doctor. And you say, Doctor, Oreo Tami. I'm like, what? What exactly are you saying? Oh, If your otter is sick, why are you the one shivering in cold? Don't confuse yourself. Otami Luma Why are you this wicked? So, well, I accept it. But I accept. You see, you, what you said, I agree. But you see, the testimony of God is greater. I have evidence from scriptures that declares that God's word is true. Look at verse 10. He that believed on the Son of God had this with the witness in him. He that believed not on the Son of God had made him a liar. Because he believed not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record. That God had given to us eternal life. And this life in his son. What makes the Bible thick as we get set to close. What makes it valid. Is because it chronicles something that happened. A long time ago. By the agency of which we receive life as God has it. Hebrews chapter 7, 24, verse 25. 24, 25. It says, because this man lives forever, he has an eternal priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save to the uttermost them that come to him because he lives to make intercession for them. There's a quality of life God has. It's a witness within you. There's something on the inside of you that bears witness with the fact that you are now a son of God. What you must do, what, what, why, why is the Bible valuable? Because the Bible helps you to galvanize your mind in that direction. It puts you on those traits. The Bible is not a book to pray over. It's not a book to cry over. It's not a Sunday, Sunday book. It's a book that details accomplishments. I bring you glad tidings. The promise God made to the fathers, he has fulfilled the same in the, in the children. He raised him up from the dead. The only reason why these things will be false is if he did not rise from the dead. I looked into scriptures. I discovered that the issue is not so much as whether he died. The issue is when was he actually raised from the dead? You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The man, Paul says, he was seen by Peter, disciples. He was seen by 5,000. He was seen 500. He was seen by me also. I saw him. He rose from the dead. I bring you glad tidings. The promise God made to the fathers he has to feel the same in the, in the children. He rose him from the dead. Each time you have praised Bible, you must go. You know the way, when, when a policeman asks me for my credentials, my papers, 
Oh my. I just I just brandish it to him very confidently. He looks left, he looks at my face, he looks right, he looks, he's trying to, he's trying to look at my pocket. I say, Don't look at my pocket, look at the credential, look at it, look at it, look at my paper. He's looking at my face. Oga, waiting there for me. I say, Look at the papers. He says, ah, Oga, we never chop. Look at the papers. Oga, anything for your boy. Look at the papers. That's the evidence. Let's rise to our feet. Let's just pray some in the Holy Ghost. Is the Bible valid today? Is it thick? Is it thick? Does it thick? Yes, it is. It's valid. Just pray some in the Holy Ghost. Pray some in the Holy Ghost. Let your focus be on God. What He has done. Pray some in the Holy Ghost. Sing da 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 da. Hey, because of what he has done, we are grateful. 